Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. We live in a time where everything is instant. I did hear a guy say one time, if you had instant water, what would you mix it with? I thought that was a good question. But everything... <laughs> Josh, you like that, don't you? You do. Um, everything today is immediate. Everything today is urgent. Everything today is quick. Um, and there is nothing quick about motherhood. It takes time. It takes labor. It takes investment. It takes love. All of those things, they're so important. And yet we live in a culture that is diminishing the role of the home, the role of the mother, the role of the, the godly wife. And as a matter of fact, it's considered slavery now. The idea of submission is considered some kind of, of slavery. But we know from Scripture that God's institutions are the best. God's order is the best. So let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 31. Look at verse 30 with me. Proverbs 31 and verse 30. The Bible says, Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your instruction on reality. As we look around us, sometimes reality appears to contradict your word, but we know that that's false. That anything that violates your word is sin, because your word says that sin is any transgression of the law. And Lord, we are thankful that you have given us your owner's manual. You have given us direction. You've given us guidance. Lord, help this passage today to give us confidence to stay, to stay on your path. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that we see in our text, it says, favor is deceitful. Favor is deceitful. Now, you may have heard a song that says pride is deceitful. You may have a translation of the Bible that says, that says pride is deceitful. And I believe that those are true statements, but that's not what the text says. This is favor. This is looking for favor from someone outside of the husband or God. And the Bible makes it very clear, very clear that false favor, the favor of the world, it's deceitful. Keep your place here in Proverbs because we'll come back. You might want to just put a marker there. But the Bible tells us, look with me in uh, 1 John chapter 2. The favor of the world, it's deceitful. The favor of the world, it's deceitful. 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, but the, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I can't imagine a more important role in the world than that of a godly mother. And if the world does not appreciate your role as a godly mother, 
That's okay. That's okay. Because the favor of the world is very deceitful. Very deceitful. Um, I was at the mall with my wife uh, Tuesday. And I was walking through, and we came up behind a mannequin as we were walking out of the mall. And the mannequin had this little outfit on, and the outfit was small. But the mannequin was so small that the small outfit had to be pinned. You know what I'm talking about? And so it's creating, especially in our young ladies, an image of what the perfect woman is. And it's called anorexia. And what happens is the favor of the world for this skinny, unhealthy... Now, if God made you to be thin, praise the Lord for that. If you are healthy being thin, praise the Lord for that. But God made the woman... Now, listen. God made the woman to have fat. It's just true. So that she can have the nutrients to bear and feed the children that God gifts her with. Amen? So we have a culture, and, and this is, this is uh, I believe that this is true, and you can talk to some of our doctors to find out whether or not this is true, but these models that are so thin and they starve themselves, it's almost impossible for them to have children. And so again, we have this, this acclaim of the world for a beauty that is not godly beauty. Isn't that interesting? And the only way that the world could know that this girl has that kind of figure is for her to show it to them. And the favor of the world for this unrealistic vision of beauty is deceitful. It's deceitful. The favor of the world, the kind of woman that the world wants you to be, is the opposite of the kind of woman that God created you to be. And God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be satisfied in Him. And that happens as you receive the gifts of motherhood. That you receive the gifts of wifehood. As you receive the gifts of the responsibility to nurture and to love those children. That's what a mother is. And it's such a beautiful thing. And the world wants to take you away from that and put your children under the control of the government. Who knows better how to raise your kids? You or the government? That's right. You guys do. And God has gifted you and given you the ability and the opportunity to do that. But we have a world system that's been established to remove you from the home, to take your children out from under your influence, your love, your care. Listen, I am so thankful for the godly teachers, school teachers that we have in this room. I'm very thankful for them. But I can promise you this. Andrea Smith doesn't love your kids as much as you do. Amen? <laughs> it's just true. And she's one of the best teachers I know. 
Why is that? Look, I love your kids, but I don't love your kids like you do. You know, it's like my mom. It's interesting. The only person in the world that would be allowed to kill us would be her. She might kill us, but she'd protect us from anybody else, right? Because she knew what was best for us biblically. Biblically. And have you noticed that the culture mocks the leave-it-to-beaver, June Cleaver idea of motherhood? He'd come home, she was in the home, home was clean, dinner was ready, the children would be there. And that I, they, they make it seem as if that never happened. That never happened. How many of you that are over, say, 60 years old, you had a mom and dad, and your dad worked, mom kept the home, made dinner. How many of you, that's kind of the way you grew up? That was normal. That was normal. Um, and now, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. Remember that? That's about the way the lady sounded. Um, <laughs> now, please receive this well. I'm not preaching against a woman working outside the home. This whole virtuous woman passage would, would belie that idea, wouldn't it? Okay, so that's not what we're talking about. But what we are talking about is not letting your labor keep you away from your children. <laughs> that's the idea of being that mother. The, the Bible makes it very clear that the acclaim of the world, that is fleeting, and in many, ta- in many ways, it is deceitful. It's deceitful. It will lie to you. Um, look with me at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8. It's one of the best passages. Um, Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 14 instead. I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter 14. Look at verse 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. That's interesting. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Look at verse 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. All right, so the Bible, the Bible makes it very clear that the world doesn't like righteousness and the world mocks at it. They think unrighteousness is funny. But righteousness in the heart, it, it provides a certain satisfaction and peace and simplicity to life. That is what we're all looking for. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 18. This is the passage I was looking for a minute ago. Proverbs chapter 18, look at verse 1. Through desire, a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. All right, so the wise person separates themselves from foolishness, separates himself from the world, and intermingles wisdom with everything that they're doing. Look at the next verse. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Follow your heart. Uh, Children. 
Look within. You know, whenever, the, whenever things are going wrong, look within. Follow your heart. That will always guide you in the right way. The Bible says that's what a fool does. That's what the Bible just said. The wise person separates themselves and intermingleth themselves with wisdom. And the wise person or the foolish person, they want to examine their own heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. But always remember that, that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the world gives a claim to these false ideas and it favors false ideas. And it's very deceitful. We need to understand that God's roles are the best roles. Amen? If we, if we look at God's order and we submit ourselves to God's order, that's where genuine happiness comes from. Go back to our text, Proverbs chapter 30. Well, I'd like to talk some more about favor being deceitful. But, but I can tell you this. Remember when Hillary Clinton said she's not going to stay home and bake cookies? Do you think later on she wished she had? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, that, that whole idea, uh, this, the, the wicked concept that there's something wrong with being a loving mother, that, there, that that's a lesser person. I'm just telling you, every Christian understanding of a godly mother is that there's nothing more noble in the world there's not a higher calling in the world than to be a godly mother. We just believe that. I believe that that's true. And, and I can tell you this. My wife is that. And um, she'd probably make a better president than anybody I know. She's a godly mother. Favor is deceitful. Then look at this. Beauty is vain. How many of you get that? Beauty is vain. Let me read this to you. I just found this this morning from an old preacher. He said this, Beauty comes to nothing. The corpses of Rita Hayworth and Jane Russell will smell as bad as the corpses of Myrna Loy and Lillian Gish. I don't even know who any of these people are. It's an old thing. But this is the part that I was getting to. The maggot is no respecter of persons. And cancerous sores appear on the bodies and faces of women who were crowned Miss America exactly as they appear on the bodies and faces of the bums who pass out in the back alleys of Chicago and New York. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. The Bible talks about our more comely parts and our less comely parts and how the more comely parts, they're not needful. You know, hair. You know, things like that. The things that we spend the most time on are the least important. We understand that, right? In, in reality, we understand that. This concept of favor being deceitful and beauty being vain, that doesn't mean that you ladies should do your best to be ugly. <laughs> right? But if the focus of your life is beauty, if that's the focus of your life, that is the height of vanity, isn't it? That's the height of vanity. Um, and this is something that we have to understand, that the best beauty is godly beauty. Amen? Jesus Christ is beautiful. Jesus Christ is the altogether lovely one. So ladies, if you want to be truly beautiful, be like Jesus. Amen? Because human beauty, it's vain. And this becomes so important. Uh, I have seen and heard women bemoan this. 
that often a 50-year-old man is better looking than he was when he was 20. Now, that's not true for me. I've always been ugly. But, but, you, but you've, you, you, y'all have seen that, right? You'll see a guy that he gets out of high school and he's a dweeb, he's 50, and he's a distinguished man. You've seen that, right? 60-year-old guy, handsome. The problem with women is they, in their minds, you ladies, in your minds, you were at the peak of your beauty when you were about 18. In your mind. In your mind. If you're a godly woman who looks like Jesus... The most beautiful women I've ever seen are godly ladies that I've had the opportunity to preach their funerals. You see, biblical beauty is different because we understand, and what's funny is when the Bible was written, all of the aids to keep women beautiful longer weren't there. You know, they didn't have a lot of the things, products that they have now. And it's interesting, the battle, I think it's, I just think it's hilarious that you'll watch some of these stars, and they're, they're, they're just pretty ladies, and they're aging. How many of you understand that everyone ages? Right? And they're aging, and they're aging as a beautiful woman would. And then they go and inject their, their lips, and, and it looks you know, like they have a tattoo on the inside that says, inflate to 40 pounds. <laughs> and the, it's unbelievable. They do all this stuff. You know, and they have their facelifts, and so they constantly look like this. Hi. I want you to know I'm very angry with you. <laughs> and they're, they're doing, they're making all of these attempts to maintain beauty, and they simply become ghoulish. Um, not, not to be ugly here, but we were, I was watching Fox and Friends the other morning, and Dolly Parton was on there for some Dollywood ad, and she, her face, it, she looks like the Joker from Batman. <laughs> She's got all this stuff put in her, and Aaron, if, if you did her funeral, you wouldn't have to do anything. She's already embalmed. It's unbelievable what people do to themselves to try to maintain some kind of worldly beauty and we understand according to the word of God that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And look, look. God made each and every one of you ladies exactly the way that you are. And if you're waiting for the world to define your beauty, you're waiting for a favor that's deceitful. Amen? Now, I'm all for doing the best you can with what you've got. Amen? You've heard me say no one should wear spandex because if you look good, you look too good, and if you look bad, you look really bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we understand these things. Is that an axiom? How many of you agree with that statement right there? That's absolutely 100% true. So... <laughs> When we, when we look at these things and we think about these things biblically, we understand that this world, Satan has established lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, all of the things that are of this world. They are not of God. They're designed to destroy you, your home, your family, and your future. And God has designed 
a proper order. It's a man that loves his wife. It's a wife that loves and submits to her husband. And it's children that obey their parents. And then when you look at the Song of Solomon, and you look at the way that the Bible describes the marriage relationship, that that wife is beautiful to her husband. And he loves her. And he cherishes her. And husbands, you give your wives confidence in your love for her and in your appreciation of her particular beauty. She made that for, God made her that way for you. You love her and you respect her and you build her up and you encourage her. That's where her confidence comes from. Why? Because favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. So what are we looking for? Proverbs 31. Verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman. Now notice it says a woman. It doesn't say the woman like there's only one. Any of you ladies who have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, this can be you. Amen? And many of you are this. But this is the desire. This is the goal. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. We live in the Facebook generation. We live in the YouTube generation. We live in the generation where everybody wants to be known, everybody wants to be seen. Do you know the woman that God wants to praise? The woman that fears Him. That fears Him. But what is the fear of God? Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Women who are getting their wisdom and knowledge from Oprah or The View, that's foolishness. Amen? Women who get their wisdom from the Scriptures, that's wisdom. Right? That's life. Look at Proverbs chapter... Let's see. I think it's 16. No, it's Proverbs 14. Look at verse 1. Proverbs 14, verse 1. Isn't this interesting? I think this violates the common understanding of modern womanhood. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. So the wise woman buildeth her house. The Bible talks about this virtuous woman as looking well to the needs of her household. The Bible talks in, in, I believe it's 1 Timothy, of the woman being the keeper at home. The Bible makes it very clear that the home is central to the life of the godly woman. Amen? Amen? That doesn't mean she can't do anything else. Proverbs 31 makes that very clear. She buys property. She does all kinds of things. But she looketh well to the ways of her household. The wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. She says to her husband, you're so stupid. Can't believe I ever married you. Don't be like your dad. Look how dumb your dad is. What is that? What is that? That's a foolish woman plucking down her household. With her hands. The wise woman says, I'm thankful to God for you. Children, you need to respect your dad. God gave you a good father. See the difference? See the difference? And then when there is conflict, 
behind closed doors. She lovingly appeals to her husband and says, why are you being such a knucklehead? It, listen, being a godly wife doesn't mean that you have no opinions. Being a godly wife doesn't mean that you're a doormat. Being a godly wife doesn't mean that you deserve to be abused and kicked around. That's not what being a godly wife is. Being a godly wife is fearing the Lord, obeying His Word, and accepting your God-defined role in the world. Imagine. Just try to picture this. Imagine. If I decided I wanted to be a beauty queen, how many of you would rather not imagine that? You know, I, I... How many of you think that that would not be God's assigned role for me? Right? Uh, what if I decided I wanted to be the center on the basketball team? Well, we wouldn't be a very good basketball team. Right? It just, it just wouldn't happen. Um, although, Nate Robinson is my new hero. I've got to tell you that. Um, for those of you who don't watch basketball, he's about my size, and he's tearing up the NBA right now. Now, it is very important that we understand God's assigned roles. If we're going to have joy, if we're going to have peace, if we're going to be fulfilled, if we're going to have genuine happiness in this life, it is impossible for that to happen outside of God's clearly defined roles. Amen? How many of you agree with that statement? Say amen. 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 It is so important for that, and yet we have a culture that violates that thinking with every television commercial, every television show, every movie, uh, all all around us that's being violated. So here's my challenge for you ladies today. Be happy in the Lord. Be happy in the Lord. Remember, Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Imagine when you stand before God. If he looked at you and said, she looketh well to the ways of her household. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Man, that's better than any Facebook page in the world. That's better than dancing with the stars or American graven image, or any of these ideas that are being forced on us by the culture. You know what this message is about? This message is about glorying in the godly vision of womanhood. Amen? And just as a last thought, I want you to think about this. It's only through Christianity that women are given dignity. If you don't believe that, ask a Muslim woman. If you don't believe that, ask a Hindu woman. Um, Over by where Josh and Jenny live, what's that road? uh, Where's some divins? Tristan, what's that road that comes off of Broadway? What is it? Arrowhead. Uh, I've I've been driving through there, and I see, I think he's a sake man. He has the, the turban and all. And there's his wife two or three steps behind him, always. Always. I don't want my wife back there. She might have a knife. (laughs) I'm thankful. I can really take a precious moment and make it horrible, can't I? 
I'm thankful that my wife walks beside me. She's my, she's my best counselor. She's the wisest counselor that I have. Why? Because I know she loves the Lord and she loves me and our kids. So her counsel will be for our good. Um, in, in, only in Christianity is the woman elevated to her proper place. We're not binding our little girl's feet to give them some false view of beauty. Is that right? You see, we understand God's view of beauty. And women in Christian society are placed on a pedestal of glory. That's why prostitution is illegal. You see, that's why pornography is illegal. Because women are not objects. They are wonderful creatures created by a holy God for a specific purpose, to fulfill a vital role in Christian society. You see, ladies, you're very special. Don't let the world lie to you. Make sure that you fear God. The Bible says that the woman that feareth God, the Lord shall be praised. I just want to say this one last comment. Don't ever let anyone tell you that fear means reverential awe. Fear means fear. So when you imagine God, your first thought ought to be this. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And yet that God is the one that loves you and created you. Fear is the proper place to be. You see, Jacob, my son, I love him. I love him. But I want to be his father before I can be his friend uh, I heard someone say this this week. I love him more than any of his friends do. And so, I need to be his father before I'm his friend. In order to be that, he must fear me. He has to believe that my threats are real. Their promises, they're true. This loving and wonderful God that we know is first of all holy. And that holiness makes Him completely separate, completely apart from us. And it's His mercy and grace that allow us to approach Him. And it needs to be in love. We need to come boldly to the throne of grace. But the foundation of wisdom, of understanding who He is, is fearing Him. Because He is a terrible God. You know what the New Testament says? Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's the God that loves us. That's the God that assigned us our roles. That's the God that wants the best for us. That's the God that the wise woman fears. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word.